I'm nice right now, man. I, I feel good. If you have a drink, would you please put it in the air? Okay, uh, look, this is your host with the most time on his hands, Thomas Simple FF. Uh, join with me again is John Arrington at Dynasty Coach A. Everybody, this is the midweek tilt. This is episode two. The pilot went pretty damn well, I think. Look, there was no fantasy walkabout uh, this week. Tom Lee and I again got caught up on times and internet malfunctions because he lives in a desolate wasteland that sometimes has connection issues but next week the plan is to be back but don't worry more full tilt content john you're here you came back uh surprised i mean i trashed baker left right and center and then he went out there and vindicated me against the (laughs) lions so i'll take the win this time i'm hoping you brought a new bag of tricks this week uh happy you're here your fridge fiasco all that you still made it um, I'm looking I'm here. To- We're tilting, baby. And and let's not forget that you actually went out on your podcast and told people to start Baker Mayfield this week or this past week. So I feel like I'm vindicated as well. Wait. Um. You know, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about that. Oh. You know, regardless of the result. You know, it, it it just feels good that you're you're just deep down you are a Baker truther and First you just off. don't want to admit it. But the second he blows up this week. Against Baltimore, you're gonna be like, he is a god. He First is here. Off, I didn't tell people to start Baker. I said that I'm picking Baker in our points game. That's different because you have to pick a quarterback outside of the top 15. It means you have to pick a quarterback who's projected to suck ass, and that's what I had to do, and that's why I did it. <laughs> and guess what? I lost the points game this week, and partly because of Baker. But hey. And like AFC North games, just throw everything out the window. Like Baker is probably oh, yeah. going to throw for 400 yards to some guy that walked in off the street because it's an AFC North game and the Ravens defense is actually booty cheeks. So, you know, that's how it works. Look, this is the midweek tilt where we don't sit here. We're, we're going to do a little statty stuff today, but for the most part, that's not really how we roll here. Look, the point of this show is that at this point of the week, this is Wednesday night we're recording this. Maybe you're lucky enough to, to get the preview tonight, but you'll likely be hearing this Thursday morning. At this point of the week, and also happy Thanksgiving to all my American folks. Uh, I hope you have a blessed day today, tomorrow, today, whatever. Uh, and 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 you get to enjoy it. In Canada, we had ours. It's awesome. But... Uh, the point is, this time of the week, there are bad takes, good takes, just a lot of takes, and people are freaking out over for seemingly no reason. And, John, there's one that I want to kick off the program with today Let's go. that I think is hilarious. Look, you and I, we're, we're, we're in this space, 
right? Everyone calls it the space. This space, this fantasy football space where real takes are not allowed. So why are we discussing why Derrick Henry should have been NFL MVP, which he shouldn't have been, last season after hitting 2,000 yards, and why people give a shit that Jonathan Taylor is being touted as an NFL MVP, which he's not. He just had a Ladanian Tomlinson-esque game, so people are hyped about it. I don't give a shit about NFL takes for my fantasy football team. Uh, I don't care about why Derrick Henry only won Offensive Player of the Year. I don't care that Jonathan Taylor is doing something. Like, I care, okay, but in context. I don't care how that affects his MVP run. That right. he's having a Ladanian Tomlinson type season. It doesn't change my perspective on this generational talent. If he wins an NF, if he wins NFL MVP, do you like if or if he doesn't win? Sorry, do you like move him down in your rankings? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like the, these people are kind of telling on themselves when they when they make that's- these takes on Twitter. You know, you're you're a fan of a team or a fan of a player. And you're not necessarily a fan of your fantasy team or your dynasty team. You know, like you care more about that that player getting the NFL MVP than you do winning your championship. You know, things right. like that. And so you're telling on yourself because you care more about the NFL side. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. One hundred. But if you're trying to turn it into a fantasy take, that's when it becomes a problem. Big time. And and look, I'll, I I always say this first. Like I if Lamar Jackson has a bad game, I know you and I we go back and forth Lamar Jackson blah blah blah, but statistically he's telling you to go fuck yourself this season and that's totally fine with me. Is he? Oh yeah, top 5 points per game, baby. That's all that matters to me, winning games. So like but but he could have the worst game in history and they could win that game with 9 points. But if they win the game 9 to 3, I don't care because right. I I want my favorite team to win games. So I'm still a, a real football fanatic. I know there are people in the fantasy space that don't even watch games, which to me is like mind blowing, but good for them. It's, it's cool. Like dope. Awesome. Do your thing, man. Play the game how you want to play it. But like, don't for me at this point in the week, I'm seeing arguments. I'm just muting you all. There's one after the other <laughs> until the week is over. And I, I even, this is what kicked it off for me. Okay. Uh, November 22nd, I, I tweeted, uh, the folks lapping Taylor being three weeks late in passing Derrick Henry in rushing yards are exposing themselves. Henry needed a hell of a lot more touches to be where he was. Taylor barely touched the ball uh, weeks one through four and is doing something we haven't seen since LT. Be excited, not bitter. That's important because context matters. Yeah, Derrick Henry was leading the league in rushing. He was doing something that was superhuman again. Awesome. We all loved it. I bought in. Uh, you can blame me you for did. getting hurt. It took, it took time. It, it took some time. You know, I was chiseling away, working yeah. on my masterpiece of Tommy yeah. T. <laughs> and then finally, finally, after years and years, I, I perfected it. You know, I got the nose. I got the ear. <laughs> I got I got it all, baby. And then he went and got hurt because the workload was inconceivable. But look, oh, okay. when you're that, Tony that, no, Cody, no, that That brings up. That brings nope. up a whole that brings up a whole other thing. So, <laughs> so Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry was getting thirty touches a game, forty touches a game, whatever. And people are like, "This is unsustainable. He's gonna get hurt." And then he goes and gets hurt, right? Yeah. But then so naturally, Jonathan, that's the argument. But then Jonathan Taylor goes and gets thirty something touches a game. DeAndre Swift starts getting thirty touches a game, and we're excited about that. 
they're now the RB1 in Dynasty because they're getting 30 touches a game. You can't have it both ways, people. Derrick Henry can't be injury-prone because he's getting so many touches, and these guys are the RB1 because they're getting so many touches. You can't do it, guys. That's what's crazy is that this is the last week was the first time Taylor had 30 carries in a game this year. He's only touched 20 carries twice. That's what's yeah. insane about what he's doing. So the, the people that are laughing, Taylor taking so long, well, you only get the ball 17, 15, 10, 16, 15, 14 times, but then you catch up with what he's doing. You should be happy. But like yeah. that take is just exposing that you are what I like to call reactive and not predictive. So I thank you all for that. I now know who to target in all of my leagues. Uh, <laughs> so that really set me off this week was the real football to fantasy football adjustments yeah. which yeah that gets me too oh if i was fired up baby i was i was yeah i was <laughs> tweeting i don't tweet stuff that often but i, I was on there click clacking away um look another one that really drives me i don't think this is what i actually wanted the whole idea that we based the show off of the pilot the whole thing i didn't even really talk about last week and it's uh, it's adjusting your weekly, your dynasty rankings on weekly scoring. I touched on it briefly, but again, this happened. Remember Ramondre Stevenson? He oh, had man. like three days of being like an elite <laughs> option. And then we record the show and we put out and Thursday came along and he pretty much split carries with Damian Harris with anyone that's watched New England Patriots game. Knew it was coming. You knew, you knew, and you do know it's going to take an injury or someone not being there for that value to hit. But yet people were just tick, 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 moving Ramondre oh. up and trading the trading I don't even think it was tick, tick, tick. Picks. It was the people were just like Booming. taking him and throwing them as, as high up in, in the I sky as they could possibly do. <laughs> it is so, so bothersome to see that happen because it's reactionary. Like when, one, when a couple people do it, then it's just like a thing. And then you feel pressured into doing it. And it, it's it, it makes me fucking mental. Well, it's like it's like the sideline reporters or you know like the NFL reporters like Schefter and those guys like they have to be first. They have to be yeah. first on a guy, and you know it's exactly like that. And and so the you know and once again like I don't blame people. Like that's how you make a name for yourself. But you're you're also telling on yourself when you say Ramondre Stevenson's now worth the first. You know like that kind of thing. Because that shows that you don't really have a great process. And so, you know, like Ramondre Stevenson can be valuable for your team and still not be worth a first. Like there's both of those things can happen. And Stevenson can be a, a good backup, but good backups aren't worth a first. And you know, yet I saw it all over the timeline as well. And and now guess what? Damian Harris looked better. Like, you know, not, not that Stevenson looked bad or anything like that, but he obviously didn't get a full workload. Damian Harris looked better, and he's clearly the starting running back. Maybe he, they're going to split the workload and that kind of thing. But I mean, at this point, more, I don't even think you could say either one's worth the first. You know, more importantly, uh, Brandon fucking Bolden's on the team, so like we're all screwed <laughs> anyway. Like, right. oh my god, like you might as well just have, you know, it's I can't even say Rojo and Fournette because Rojo or uh, Fournette can catch ball. Like my yeah. god, it. Don't adjust because someone scored well one week. I'm looking at you, Gabe Davis, folks, and and oh. and, and Brian Edwards. Oh my God! The and we already did the, We already did the Edwards piece, oh, and then of no, course he goes is, out. This and is then my lap. 
Oh, I'm then he goes it. and gets what did he get? Zero one points. Carry. One carry. One carry. One carry. No targets, or maybe oh, one man. target. I don't know. But the breakout. Give me a break. Yeah, that's what happens best, when you're. That's what happens when you lose your mind about a guy that had four targets and three receptions the week prior. Like that's uh, that, that's what happens. <laughs> but he had a hundred yards receiving. Oh, but the air yards. The air yards. They're coming. Dude, Denzel Mims was the air yards king. You know the only person that's like turned it around after being the air yards darling that I can remember over the last couple years. It's Hollywood Brown. He was an air yeah. yards god. And yep. now he's a top 12 wide receiver in fantasy after missing a game, right? And not having a, you know, <sighs> like. And, and you it, mean it, in it, like for in points this season, you don't actually mean like you have him in your top oh, 12, God, right? Oh, God, no. God, no. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Not. Just making sure. No, I mean, no, he's on the absolutely Ravens. not. Yeah, well. Um, but they, the Ravens <laughs> can't sustain a passing attack if Lamar Jackson runs. The, shut up. Shut up. He's top 10 in both <laughs> categories. Suck it. I don't care anymore. I don't want to hear it. I have a platform to say it, and I'm going to say it now. I called it in that happy hour, and I said that both things could happen, and both things happened. <sighs> I'll rest. All right, take a that. deep breath. Yeah, take I did. a deep breath. I had to get it's that okay. out there. Had to get All right, but that brings us to our next point, which is metrics. All right, oh, analytics. Yes. I love me some metrics. I love me some analytics. That's how I focus on on my rankings and that's how I do all of the stuff that I do creating the rankings, trade calcs, all that kind of stuff is with the metrics. I stare at the metrics, but I still watch football. I love football. I enjoy it. But the problem I have and the reason why I'm tilting is all I see on my timeline all the time is somebody posting a graph or a chart or, or just a thread. And it's talking about one metric. This guy leads in yards per team pass attempt. And, you know, this is who else led in yards per team pass attempt for the past 12 years. It's like, that's fantastic. But you're looking at one metric. If you could literally look at one metric and and solve all of fantasy football's issues, then somebody would have done it by now. You know, like, that's just not how this works. And the thing is, you when you actually do like a deep dive on it, which I've done, then you realize that you need... 10, 12, 15, 30, 40 metrics, like to, to depending on what you're trying to do to really right. get the full, because not every player earns points the same way. Deontay Johnson doesn't earn points the same way that Marquez Valdez Scantling earns points. So how can you sit yeah, there? Yeah, one and, actually earns them and one doesn't. You're right. <laughs> well, well, that's that's very true. And that was actually a poor way of, like, let's say, like, <laughs> Deontay Johnson and, uh, and, uh, DK DK Metcalf on, on his own team, or, or yeah, or Chase Claypool, yeah, that, that's even better. So like, there's they don't earn points the same way. So how can we look at one stat and say, oh, this person's better? Like you just can't do it, and it tilts me to hell when people put post these graphs and they go, this guy's gonna be a stud. And I've seen it a lot from the Debbie side of things, especially, and they go, this guy's gonna right. be a stud in the NFL because of this one metric. And I just I I lose my mind every time. Look, and that you can play the game different ways, right? Like if that's the one thing. Look, I know uh, the new the person. Not he's not new. He's been doing our stats research for a while now. Uh, our employee who just took over the the Dynasty Tilt Twitter account for all our posts. Maddie's great. He loves himself some Matt Harmon and reception perception. Like what he says is is goaded, and the process has, has turned out to be right. I look at that and I go, that's telling. But I'm not just running and chasing 
the the reception perception is what I'm going to do next because things evolve, things are different. You, you can look at it in multiple different ways, and it's backfired yep. on me. It's helped me. It's why I'm not chasing down Nico Collins. It's why I'm not chasing down. Right, like I, I get that they could be good, and you should stash them. But like the Donovan Peoples Jones, the Gabe Davises, I'll just draft them in the third round this year and hope they hit. Yeah. Right, you know what I mean? Like that's for me the way I look at it. But I love the um, the arguments for it. every week. I, I love the new ones when you know when databases pump out their new stuff. You're just gonna see some great, great takes. <laughs> one of them. One of them that has driven me nuts is a guy named Stefan Diggs. Ooh. And all his metrics look fantastic, right? His usage, the yards, the targets, everything, great. He's scoring touchdowns. I think I think he's the wide receiver like 7 or 10 after this two-touchdown, two-reception, 30-yard game he had, <laughs> right? Insane. Let me tell you his finishes. Because his points per game look really good. Okay, he's top tier of points per game at the position. But wide receiver 29, 27, 36, 16, 48, 7, 23, 18, 2, and 17. Yep. You drafted this guy in the second round. How do you tell me you're not disappointed? But you can, oh, you can you look at be. his usage and his total points. But total points only work for him in this case because he's number seven and his points per game aren't as good, but his points per game are still good because of his usage, but his finishes have been bad. Like, at some point, when you're just using blank numbers, you have to be able to say that for other people in other positions, and other. but it's like, no, that guy can't be good because he's only scoring touchdowns. Well, Stephon Diggs is being saved by touchdowns. But yeah, but he's Stephon Diggs. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And Yeah. And, this is a conversation that has come up in our Slack channel a lot, and I love hearing the other guys talk about it. And and I, but when I see it on such a wide scale all over the place, I feel like it can be dangerous. Diggs is a great player, and I know in the second half he's probably going to do a lot better than he did. But can at the same time we not just address that if it wasn't for a game where they had no business still throwing against the Jets, that thirty point two game against the Jets? We'd be looking at him differently. He like he's a disappointment, but because yeah. you can you can find the metric that works for you, he could also be made to sound like he's not. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know really overall the Bills have just been a disappointment. You know, like there's times where you know true. where J- Josh Allen has been great for fantasy because he gets rushing touchdowns or. He, you know, they've been kind of bad, and so he's having to come from back, you know, from from a loss and uh, or you know from a from being behind, and, and he's having to like throw a bunch and and try to catch back up, and then of course that scores a lot of fantasy points. But overall, the Bills haven't been that great, and we saw last year with Stephon Diggs that he was overly overly efficient. He had like a ninety six percent catch rate or something crazy. I mean, yeah. just like things that you can't expect had, to happen again. Had, like such a turnaround in his career. Yeah, but I mean, it was just, and you watched if, if you watch the games, watch the film, bro. But if you watch the games, <laughs> <laughs> then I got uh, that on audio now. Yep, you see or you saw that uh, you know Josh Allen just got lucky a lot of the times. Like there was plays that should have been picked, and it just barely oh, got he went tipped into Stephon Diggs. Like it just yeah, things things worked out that aren't working out this year. 
and that's where the 95% catch rate, whatever it was, it probably wasn't that high, but it was ridiculous. It was silly. All that stuff. Yeah, it was silly. And so, like, all that stuff adds up, but you, when you look at that stuff, and, you know, like, anything in life, if it seems too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. And so, like, right. I did knock him down a little bit in my preseason rankings because of that. I probably didn't knock him down as much as I should have. But, like you said, I mean, he's he's still great. He's still he's earning. He's a top 12 receiver. Oh, yeah, sure. absolutely. Like, but he's There's not variance. The, he's not going to be the, the wide receiver one or anything like that. It's just no. not going to happen. Like, but but there's variance, right? And I just yeah. want the analytic community to agree that there's variance in for everyone. If you're going to use it for one player, you can't say it's not applicable to another player because it doesn't <laughs> fit the narrative that you want to walk down. That yep. drives me nuts seeing the arguments. And then there's always a new one. So th- uh, there's always a new one. This one is good. Um, I'm just gotta, I just got to pull it up real quick. Give me one second, everybody. So sorry. I thought I had it. Look, um, hold on. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. An argument was being made for a player because they had, I don't even know what this is called, but it's, it's target percentage times. It's like 1.5 times air yard percentage, something 0.7, which weighs targets and air yards because it's harder <laughs> to earn targets down the field. What's going on? <laughs> Relax, dude. Yeah, it's it's target percentage, star, like 1.5 times the air yard percentage, star, 0.7. Like, we're creating numerical pro- – this is baseball. This is <laughs> – this, we're, we're doing fantasy baseball now. Like, I get that things happen and the game is ever-changing, but we're getting to a point where we're diving down to every decimal level, and yet players like Cordero Patterson – continue to just like pop up every year and everyone goes well who knew like it, it <laughs> you, you're gonna tell me that all of your analytics get everything right and that's the way to play the game but heineke huntley outscored dak he outscored mahomes he outscored Tannehill, he outscored baker anyone wanted to tell me that they charted that in their analytics this year nah <laughs> absolutely not so like if you admit well, I think, there's variance to explain one thing going your way, can you just at least accept that it might be able to explain it the other way too? That's all I want to get to. We wanted to accountability is fucking huge, and not <laughs> seeing it drives me nuts. I did an until we did an entire show as to why the hell we were wrong about everything on an entire program. I cut it up, I played it live, and we all went, "Man, were we wrong?" Like we did yeah, I've listened to your pod. Up. That I mean, that that must have been very long. Uh, but I <laughs> it wasn't. It was an hour because I run a tight ship. God damn it, tight ship. And I control no. what goes on the air. I uh, I, I wonder. I've never actually looked at the formula for Whopper, which is weighted opportunity rating uh, that's for what wide receivers. Okay, yeah, uh, but I, I was going to say maybe that's what that formula is because that's what it sounded like, and I, apparently it is. Um, all right, so Whopper is very important, especially for analytics nerds. But uh, once again, it's one metric. This is what yes. I'm tilting about. Like that's it's one I mean. metric. Yeah, that's why I shared it with you today. That is what we're yep. talking about, right? Like I get it, but if that's the argument, like if that's where the argument dies, then the argument literally dies for me. Like I'm over it. You yeah. gotta have more yeah. than that when you're bringing somebody it who has an elite Whopper right now is DJ Moore. And I love me some DJ Moore. The, the oh, player yeah. is elite. He's the, he's that doesn't coach. help. That's not helping your fantasy teams right now. And that's where we have to look at the other things. Because we're trying to figure out, okay, like we know DJ Moore is very good. 
but we also know he's in a bad situation. Now, situations can change, and we're expecting it to change soon, if not even... A touchdown. Like... I'm the happiest man alive. <laughs> yeah, and he had a he, he had a good weighted opportunity rating for you know even this week and everything, just like he always does. He, he's right at that elite level. But because he's not... Because he's getting really poor targets, and because the team's just bad overall... And because now Cam's going to take, you know, rushing touchdown here and there and stuff like that. Like those things are also adding to the picture. And that's why for wide receivers, I look at like 18 different metrics and I add it all up. And and that's what gives me the full picture on why DJ Moore was the wide receiver 13 this week, even though he wasn't the wide receiver 13 in points. But as far as his usage, fantasy points, everything, I, he was my wide receiver 13 for the week. But, you know, he had the whopper of probably the wide receiver four. So I would have been way too high on him. And, you know, like that's why you don't look at one metric. You can't. You absolutely can't. And it's also why, uh, you know, you need to <laughs> have other smart people around you that you can bounce stuff off of. <laughs> and one of the reasons I like having smart people around me is so I can ask them, why the fuck? Do people care that Philip Lindsay is now a free agent? <laughs> He's not even a free um, agent. He signed with Miami. <laughs> oh my God, did he? Oh, I yeah, didn't he... even see that today. Yep. Oh, thank yep. God he's he... not in Baltimore. Stop <laughs> making Philip Lindsay a thing. Uh, he is fetch. And as Gretchen was once told, uh, fetch isn't going to happen. And if you haven't yeah. seen Mean Girls, you you're doing yourself a disservice and you really need to see it because otherwise I'm disappointed in you forever. Uh, he's so bad. You like for creating yards on a touch. Uh, these are the players that have created less yards per touch on the season: Batavius Murray, Sony Michelle, Damian Harris, which is surprising, David Montgomery, and Ronald Jones. That's it. <laughs> That's it. And look, he has. <laughs> I couldn't believe happy this. He has a negative twenty-two EPA on fifty carries. Negative twenty-two. Yeah. Now, can Dude's you want to explain EPA for people? Because I feel like that that one might not hit with everyone. But before so, you do, his juke rate was under 20%. And I know, oh, juke rate. It matters when you're trying to create yards. Sorry, it yeah. does. He's just flat out one of the worst. Now, what is EPA and why is this so horrifically bad? So EPA is expected points added. And so basically a uh, bunch of nerds, probably a lot smarter than I, uh, <laughs> figured <laughs> figured out like where a play is on a field and what the play is, um, you you have a certain amount of expected points for that play. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so like, if you're on the five yard line getting ready to score, that's going to have more expected points than if you're on the five yard line of your own side, you know, obviously you're not expected to score on that play, things like that. So they, they look at that and then they see what a player is actually doing, whether it be, you know, getting more rushing yards than expected or getting more touchdowns than expected, like that kind of thing. And so you want the best players are going to have more points than expected um, or at the very least as expected. They're not going to be under expected unless they just have like crazy touchdown variants that, you know, like yep. they're due regression, stuff like that. Philip Lindsay's not do any of that. He's just he's just washed. Like the dude, the dude was he was good in a system, just like Elijah Mitchell is good in a system. If you put Elijah Mitchell behind uh, the most others, 
yeah, like the Panthers O-line or something like that. It's not going to work out. But you put them in that San Francisco system, and it works out great. Same thing with Philip Lindsay and Denver, and then you put him on any other yep. team, and he's just a, a jag. You know, that's all it is, and he's not even on, on the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, the other jag is, and his name is, uh, you know, James Robinson, who's a future Philip Lindsay associate as an undrafted free agent because they don't care about you. Um, <laughs> look. Uh, and people were like, well, he was on Houston. You know who's not on that list of players? Other Houston Texans. Right. So <laughs> take that for what you will. Also, he lost his job to Rex Burkhead. Oh, I know. Like a Get 31-year-old Rex Burkhead. Get out of here. <laughs> Whatever for every he seven carries he received, his team lost a field goal worth of points. Oh, ouch. Yeah. So stop making him a thing. I will give him credit. At least he's better than Rojo. I mean, you know, like you don't want to be worse (laughs) than Rojo. (laughs) Look, uh, I I do hope Rojo gets to play somewhere else because sometimes watching Leonard Fournette run uh, pains me on the inside. But he Bruce Arians hates him, and that's all that matters because coaches get to make good decisions no matter how many metrics you have because again they don't care about you or what players you like they do not care um look before we keep going i just want to mention i we talked about this on the friday show obviously john you're not in canada but this is maybe not something yet. that you, you can yeah not yet but this might, might be drive there tomorrow that, i don't know oh hey, hey 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 let's party i got some i got some i got some good canadian liquor for you um look in british columbia which is on the west coast john uh there's severe flooding right now and it has it has consumed towns and cities in British Columbia. Um, highways are cut off, broken down, flooded, mudslides. It, it's an absolute mess. And I said that I would get everyone the information for donating on the Friday show that if you can, and I hope that you can. And I understand for Canadian listeners, you want to send blankets, you want to send food. They literally cannot receive those things in those areas. So it is yeah. so important to to donate what you can financially because that's what matters to these people that have completely lost their houses, they've lost entire cities, um, uh, livestock, everything gone. Um, so I have wow. that here. Uh, you can go to and uh, you'll excuse me. I'm going to post this as well. You can go to CanadaHelps.org, uh, and right on the website it says support British Columbia flooding relief efforts donate now we have as a group if you don't want to do that you can get in touch with me at tons tipple ff or at, at ff underscore rtdb or big billy ff or tom underscore lee 92 we're at or at maddie f uh, uh uh maddie i'm sorry i forgot your handle it doesn't work for this right now anyway <laughs> but you can get a hold of us and we will either direct you to where to do it or set up something i don't know if it's a gofundme for ourselves and we'll all donate at the same time and just, just any way that it can be done, that's how it can be done. I, I come through what I say I'm going to do. So we're going to be monitoring this situation, obviously, as close to us because – and, I mean, it, it's affecting us. We're, we're running out of – like a lot of our stuff comes from that, the shipping in British Columbia. So not just that, but other areas of British Columbia and in Canada are now being affected, and it's a giant mess out there. So you can do that. Please do that. Um, but – Look, a couple more things before we get out of here. I just wanted to get that in uh, before I forgot. And, you, yeah, know, I said that I, I, you know, I said that I would. So it's I'll important. I'll post it on my page as well. I mean, yeah, that's, man. Uh, 
That's crazy, you know, and you see stuff like that. You know, we had the hurricanes hit like Texas yep. and Louisiana down here. You know, it's all the same stuff. You just got to you got to help people yep. when because it, it, it'll be you next, you know, and and then you're yep. going to you're going to hope people would help you as well. I'll say this. There's a reason I live in a part of the world where the wind hurts your face, because that's the worst that we have to deal with weather wise is the cold. Like it's going to be minus 36 degrees Celsius tonight here. Uh, and that's just like a casual thing. So, like, you said I'll take Celsius? that. Yeah, yeah. So Fahrenheit, that's minus, oh, my God. That's got to be minus 70-something Fahrenheit, right? I can't remember what that. That's crazy. I can't, I can't remember what the conversion is. But, yeah, I'll take it. that. I'm lucky enough that that's what I got to work. Well, and meth heads. But, I mean, that's kind of everywhere. Hey, you know that one over there in I, Florida. I do. Yeah. We, you, we you, love us some meth heads over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's warm there. Um, <laughs> oh, my it is. It's much It's much warmer, but, yeah, uh, you know, we. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, look, uh, last thing that really irked me at this time is, uh, look, the Superflex value charts are out of this world, you guys. Um, it's trade deadline season, so obviously people are hucking out trade left, right, and center. They're trying to saddle up, and obviously you're, I myself am reaching out. And I may say, look, if you only have one quarterback or you need a quarterback, you're in a super flex league, you might as well staple a post note to your forehead that says, take advantage of me because that's, what's going to happen when it comes to trading for a quarterback. However, if you tell me you need a first round pick for Tay Tay for Mr. Heineke, I am. And, and your response is, well, he's a starting quarterback in super flex. I probably already don't like you as a person. <laughs> um i've already blocked you <laughs> yeah like before i finish reading that sentence i've probably muted you in all league like formats that i can right like it it drives me insane right when you see people post like trade polls oh i traded uh i, ha I had to trade um david montgomery and i don't know Ayuk so i could start daniel jones this week because it was a super flex. Did I do it right? <laughs> no. no. No, you, you didn't. didn't. Just play Montgomery in your super flex spot. Super flex, not a two quarterback yeah. slot. And, and people lose lose sight of that very often. And oh, I mean, obviously God. you want to start a QB there if you can. But for Unless the one week or two weeks, you don't have to. And sometimes, I mean, I've gone a full season without having a, a QB in my super flex, you know, like I with like a Deshaun Watson kind of situation, stuff like that. And you're like, Oh, I just don't have another starting QB. I don't feel like starting Jared Goff or whoever. And so oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to start, you know, Leonard Fournette in my super flex instead. And you do it and you're fine. Obviously, like I said, that's not ideal, but every league's going to be different. Every season's going to be different and you have to adapt. There's going to be times, there's going to be leagues where I have three or four QBs and I'm going to feel really good about my teams. And then there's going to be leagues where I have one solid QB yeah. and then and I still feel really good about my teams because I've built it a, a different way. Um, so it's just all about building your team properly, but there's not one proper way of doing it. You know what really, really kicked off my hatred for the Superflex Dynasty value complex? 2020 let me tell you what happened in 2020 john my home league uh i lost one game all year i hadn't lost a game in i don't know a year and a half defending champion my team outrageously stacked alvin Kamara, lamar jackson uh dalvin cook uh cooper cup 
DJ Moore, like Travis Kelsey, my roster was stacked from top to bottom. And uh, I fucking lost before I, I, I lost. You know how I lost? You know how I lost? Buddy didn't have a second quarterback. Lindsay, this is for you, man. Uh, he didn't have a second quarterback. I was like, easy money. Yep. Easy money. You know who he played in the Superflex that week? Alvin Kamara. Tony fucking <laughs> Pollard against oh. the Giants. You know who lost because a backup running back was in the Superflex spot? This fucking guy. Uh, and now Lindsay's about to go run it back probably, back to back, because his team is outrageous. Good job to you. But it's a, it, it's it's not a thing. It's not a thing. I get that quarterbacks are more value. Nah, there's like 10, maybe 14 quarterbacks that hold that kind of value. Remember when we thought there was no way Carson Wentz was going to lose his value in Philadelphia because he was a locked and loaded MVP candidate? That went <laughs> well, really fast. Really I literally fast. created a metric called Danger Rate for this very purpose. Like right. we, like Taylor Pretty Heineke, cool. Taylor Heineke is not very good at, at football, um, and so like fantasy you don't though. want. Well, yeah, he's actually not terrible for fantasy. But the whole point of Danger Rate is if you don't have a job, you can't score fantasy points, and yep. so you know like you you don't pay a first for a player like that because he's probably not going to have a job. Uh, we would expect Washington <laughs> to either a draft somebody bring someone else in whatever like people are all over oh you know the denver is gonna replace uh teddy bridgewater with uh aaron Rodgers or whoever Maybe. okay well now teddy now teddy bridgewater just goes over to washington like that's how this stuff works but uh the whole point is like you don't go after like a taylor heineke you don't go after uh a trevor simeon like you don't go after those qbs but the ones that are good at football and have a low danger rate and those thing, kind of things, you do go after those players like a Baker Mayfield uh, at, when you can get them cheap, and then they keep their job because they're actually good at football. They're just in bad situations. The same Baker Mayfield that has rumblings about them wanting to move on? Yeah, that's cool. No, 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 no. No, rumblings no, is, is, is Twitter. That's dangerous. There was a legitimate report that was out. We're sitting here tilting about about Twitter, and that's because it fit my narrative. All right, of course, yeah. (laughs) One one metric, one story. You know, that's all that matters. It fits my narrative. (laughs) That's all that matters to me because that's all this game really is. But you are right, right? Like there are guys that, and look at rushing. The the problem with rushing quarterbacks. Oh my god, oh my god. You said make for extra time. We're gonna take an extra couple minutes on this one. I gotta get. I get to breathe deep so I can get this tough clearly. And so people can understand me. Stop overvaluing pylons at quarterback when rushing quarterbacks break the mold and give you more of an advantage every week. Oh, I'm so happy I got that out. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, I mean, I think the... started Huntley over a lot of these established high value quarterbacks this week. This fucking guy. You know why? Because he had at minimum a rushing floor that was going to be capable of beating out a passing floor. You know why? Because in like 90% of league setups, you get more for that. Stop playing golf (laughs) when Huntley was named the starter. I mean, I mean, I guess golf wasn't playing, but stop playing those guys. Okay. And you'd be like, Ooh, but Tom, uh, pardon me, sir, but Mac Jones and, and Kirk cousins. Yeah, they're good. They're good. Yep. Baker Mayfield was banged up, has no wide receivers. 
Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play Baker over Huntley. No, no, <laughs> and I'm that's not. That's the thing that that I'm trying to focus on now, and I'm doing more research on is because, like you said, the rushing QBs score more oh, points. It's just a proven fact. But but the thing is, a lot of them, if not most of them, don't keep their jobs for very long. So it's finding that it's it's finding that middle point where like you value them properly. You don't overvalue them just because they run, but you don't undervalue them just because they're bad. Yeah, you know, like- <laughs> exactly. That's why they're the hardest asset to uh, uh, value, right? Yeah. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, exactly. statistically, should be a top five dynasty quarterback, just statistically, right? What he's doing, the base yep. level he gives you, the consistency he gives you, and the chances of them building around him should be looked at. But we're not, and he's not, because uh, he doesn't hit all of his passes. Hey, John, you're a stats guy. You want to yep. know what stat I don't give a single fuck about when it comes to fantasy football? Completion percentage. I don't care if he can complete a pass. I care about that he can complete most of his passes, and most of those passes go to his own team, and then he rushes for 70 yards, and I call it a day. I don't, yeah, it, I it's don't so care. It's so tough. Like, Jameis Winston had the worst season as far as like you know turnovers and, and all that kind of stuff that we've ever seen in the history of football, or at least in, in, like in my lifetime. And yet he scored a shitload of fantasy points that year. I think he was the QB three or whatever it is. Oh like yeah, they almost ridiculous. they almost create their own points by by being bad at football. And so like that's like I said that that's just where it's you have to find that median. The thing with Jalen Hurts is like yeah he should technically he is a top five dynasty QB right now. Except for we have no guarantee, especially with the draft capital invested and all that that he will be the QB next year or, or he will be the QB in two years. And that's yeah. where it gets tough. And that's where, like, that's where I'm trying to figure that, that like happy medium there, because I don't know what he's, he has a very high danger rate. There's a very good chance he will lose his job. But in the meantime, he's scoring a shitload of fantasy points. But at the same time, why is there a good chance he's going to, he's going to lose his job. If he takes him to the playoffs, which the way their defense is looking right now, and the way that team is operating, why not? If he does, why? Why would he be a threat to lose his job? Second-round draft capital, right? He's got the D.C. He's got everything working for him. He's playing well because his we completion just saw, percentage was bad. But we like, did, No, but we just saw the same exact team do it with Carson Wentz. Sure. He was drafted even earlier than that. He was, he, he yeah, was basically the MVP. Wentz, right, and then Wentz got hurt and was never the same. So his level of play dropped off significantly. Where but he was, was a better, better. He, was, he was doing better as far as like – uh, real NFL football right. than Jalen Hurts is right now before he got hurt and but, then he got hurt and now and then he was playing like Jalen Hurts is now. Sure. But <laughs> but Jalen Hurts does something that Wentz could never do. Make you worry about him on the ground, which opens up yeah. a lot more. And let me tell you, John, there's two players that you and I love a lot that uh, you know, succeed really well in football for their teams. One of them may also join the other as an MVP and their names are Lamar Jackson and Kyler fucking Murray. You know what they're really good at? Running the ball and being not as efficient throwing the ball. Now, Kyler Murray kind of turned around when they got DeAndre Hopkins, right? So that's good. I'm glad. Hurts could do the same thing. They, they could get him someone else. They could get yeah. him offensive line help. They could get him a whole lot of stuff. It, I dumb you Look, the danger rate should just like, maybe you need to add this in, but put 
dipshit, stupid organizations do really stupid things <laughs> constantly when they shouldn't. That's the because part. Like, I'll the probably thing. never be able to dial it in because I'll I'll never know what these GMs are thinking. And like, it, you know, I'll think, okay, they're going to let Jalen Hurts cook now. They're gonna keep him around, and then they'll kick him out, and he'll end yeah, up being a backup stupid. somewhere. You know, so like, it, that that's the tough part. But I mean, you know, You're like the the person that traded Baker Mayfield for Jalen Hurts this offseason because of job security is feeling fucking rewarded right now. Oh yeah. Will he feel yeah. rewarded in 2 years? Maybe not, but hopefully you won the boat so you don't got to worry about it. And I think yep. that is a good key to to take off on. We're we're going to get out of here before 45, I hope. But John, let everyone know what's going on with you. you like you said, your metrics, everything, it's it's very top tier. That's why I I definitely harass you to uh, jump on here with me every week because it's been a great time again episode two fantastic so closing uh closing statements for everybody right now yeah you know it's a blast coming on here i always have fun we can sit here and banter and argue and everything else and then i go and do my pod and i basically just bore people with a bunch of metrics so you know it's like the complete opposite of, of this <laughs> exactly so um uh, you know i'm gonna be putting out a pod i was i was planning on doing it tonight and then some things happened with the with the fridge delivery yep. and so that didn't happen uh i at least i recorded this one but i plan on recording on friday putting out a pod then and i'm gonna try and help people win their championships this year with that podcast um and and that's the monocle dynasty podcast uh you can find it anywhere you can find me at dynasty coach a and i will be back to tilt more next week right the midweek tilt i think it's going to be something that stays look if you love winning championships as much as we do you can go to trophysmack.com and get yourself a new championship trophy or a championship belt and the best part is that if you use promo code tipple and you select a ring, $60 value, and you put that into your cart at checkout, that is free. Why you wouldn't do that is beyond me. They also have a Black Friday sale right now, which I believe is 30% off. Everyone wants something cool for the championship. Buy it for yourself just because you win. Who cares? No one needs to know. Just have it there. Be you know, Let it be on the shelf. Doesn't matter. It's for you. Treat yourself uh, this season. And this Friday at the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast, we're going to go back an hour because we have a guest. It's our first guest in a while since Pat Matt Kelly, the podfather himself. 7.30 Central Time. It's at DF Bean Counter. He's hopping on the show so we can argue a bunch of really stupid stuff. Uh, if you want to check out more about him and find out what he is about, that's patreon.com backslash bulletproofff to get more information on him and how he operates. We're bringing back... Uh, uh, people VRTDB. We're bringing back a nice Billy Snack Corner. We got some video popping off. I know the people love when we roll that out at the same time while we discuss really stupid stuff. We're gonna have our do we give a shit? And uh, because there was no walkabout this week, I want to remind everyone that we hop on the mic. We're not here to fuck spiders. We're here to get work done and also have a good time doing it. And remember, be kind to each other. Check in on your loved ones, especially on the holidays. You don't know what people are going through. You know, take care of one another. Be kind. Don't be a giant douchebag. Watch what you say on Twitter because we're looking. And always remember that clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose, and that the best days are spent tilting. Good night, everybody. Have a good week. I'm nice right now, man. I, I feel good. If you have a drink, would you please put it in the air? Mm-hmm.